0: Uh, so today, uh, I'm excited, uh, and, and if I'm honest, I'm a little bit tense because the subject that we're going to talk about today is sex. I'm going to let that sit in for a second because some of you are sitting next to your kids right now, and you got a little nervous. Well, I'm going to tell you that's all right because that's how they got here, right? So come on, let's not let's act like it didn't happen. So, uh, But sex is, uh, if you were to ask people, take a poll of what is the most tense, things to talk about in a church, sex has got to be like top three, right? It's got to be somewhere right up there at the very tip of the top. And so, but here's the problem. The problem is the world that we live in, like sex is everywhere, right? It is in literally everything that we see, uh, especially on TV, right? But the problem is, is that the church today, especially the evangelical church for years now has just kind of put their head in the sand when it comes to sex, but that's not how the world sees it, right? Because the truth is sex sells. Like if you go, how many of you guys are going to watch some football here later on today? Okay, nobody. I guess not. Um, we're going to watch some football here. you are going to watch TV. And I dare you to, uh, well, that sounds like homework, but I was going to say, I dare you to, like, count how many commercials you see uh, with, like, scantily clad women or, or ladies in bikinis or something like that when it comes to selling prog- products, right? From trucks to tacos, like, you would see so many, like, this is like, hey, we're going to put attractive people here because sex sex sells. Now, it's not homework, right? Guys, don't go home and you're watching TV and you're like, the pastor told me I'm supposed to count and see how many pretty girls I see on TV. That's not, that's not what we're doing. But throughout the, throughout the world that we live in, sex is a major part of it. But sometimes we kind of get like intense when it comes to, we, we, we see it feel a little bit of tension and we don't want to talk about it and we want to see it actually happens. We're, I mean, none of us right now are here today going to admit that in the past 24 hours that we've even thought about sex, right? We're not, we're not going to do that. And God forbid any of us ever, any of us had sex in the last 24 hours, right? I'm just saying. Somebody's saying, but Brian, like my teenager is sitting right here, this is getting really, really uncomfortable. I want to tell you this, though. If, you're not talk- if the church isn't talking about sex, if you and your family are not talking about sex, your teenagers are going to hear about it before you ever even get the chance to bring it up. Statistics today say that the average teenager doesn't hear about sex at the age of 11, they see pornography at the age of 11. They've already heard about it from their their friends. At the age of 14, the statistics say that something like 95% of teenagers have viewed pornography. If you're a teenager, I'm not trying to make you feel... (laughs) Teenager's like, sorry, I gotta go to the next class. That's the bell. We gotta get us out of here, Mom, come on. That's a sign. sign. This has never happened in the entire time here. If you're 14 years old, please get me out of here now. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. You, watch out. You've you got to go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the punchline is, though, is that the world is getting louder and louder and louder and louder when it comes to sex. And they will promote the messages they want to promote. But the church and Christianity continues to let it be a whisper. And I don't think that's what God intended. I don't think that's what Jesus wants. I don't, think that's what, I don't think that's the right way that the church should be having this conversation. The church should be a safe place. Family should be a safe place in which you can talk about all these things. And your children, and you and your spouse should be able to talk about this without feeling shame, without feeling this pressure and this tension and makes us, that makes us go and talk about it with other people. And so today, my hope is that we can see through the Bible, that we can see through Jesus' life, that we can see through his apostles and what they taught, uh, what the the real reality is, what the reality is, how we should view and talk about and hear about sex in our own lives. Jesus, he talked about sex in the the book of Matthew, chapter 19, verse 4 through 6. He's talking to some uh, Pharisees at this point. He says, "'Haven't you read the Scriptures?' Jesus replied. They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are no longer two, but one. Let no one split apart what God has joined together. Jesus isn't just specifically talking about this relationship. The two become one family or one unit. He's not just talking about relationship uh, or even spiritual. He's talking about there's a physical aspect to this where the two will become one. And then what he is referencing is actually in the book of Genesis. One of the very first things that God Almighty says to us as human beings, what he says to Adam and Eve in the very beginning, the first book of the Bible is Genesis. And in the very first chapter, chapter 1, he says this in 27 to 28 says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Raise uh, rain over the fish of the sea. Amen. Um, sorry, I'm a fisherman. I just, yeah, I read that literally. Uh, the birds of the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Be fruitful and multiply. I don't know if you, don't, if you know this or not, but uh, Adam and Eve hadn't quite figured out cloning yet in that day, right? What God is talking about, he says, hey, I need you to go and have sex. I've, I've created you male and female, put you together in marriage. You need to go and have sex. Be fruitful and multiply. Sex today is a part of the world that we live in. Sex today is something that God intended for you and I and he created it's something that we all have in common and it's it's something that we all don't get right I wasn't trying to call you out I thought that was my phone for a second I was like oh my goodness I put my phone on so it's something that we don't always get right and the truth is when it comes to sex sometimes we mismanage it and it turns around and causes serious heartbreak in us it can cause pain and it can cause destruction, but it's also not all bad because in it, it can also can create an intimacy and a connection that nothing else can, and it also, I'm going to shock you, it can be fun, okay? It can be. So for today, I want to talk about four things specifically uh, that I believe that our church, your family, the church, should be talking about when, it, when we convey and communicate uh, the message of sexuality and what sex is in today's day and age. You guys down with this? Perfect. Well, if, if you're not, well, then it's too late for Five minutes in. So we're going for it. First thing I believe that we should understand is sex is specific. Everyone say specific. Specific. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3 says this, But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual or immorality, or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are, the imp- are improper for God's holy people. See, the thing is, is God created you to be holy, but he also created sex. And there's a part in which he says that in, in this specific area, sex is something that can also be holy, but anything outside of this area is something that can be immoral and can be and it can, can be immoral and it can be sin. And so I believe specifically, based off of what I read in the Word and what, what I've uh, experienced through Jesus' life and through what God taught us and through what uh, Jesus' disciples say, that I believe that sex is something that has been designed by God on purpose, with a purpose, and should happen inside of marriage. It should happen inside of marriage. So here's the thing. The problem is uh, today's day and age. When as soon as I uh, I speak up on that and I say that, a lot of people's minds go to, "Well, Brian, what is your stance? What's Coastline's stance when it comes to equality, when it comes to uh, homosexuality? Because if that's what if that's what marriage if if that's what's supposed to happen inside marriage, where where do we stand on that?" And I would say this. I would say somewhere along in the world today, we've gotten to a point where. Uh, acceptance and approval uh, don't go hand in hand. And I believe as, as, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, uh, I'm supposed to, to love and accept everyone. It doesn't mean that I've got to approve of everyone, though. I think there's, there's a part at which when it comes to what the Bible says and what God says about sex and where it should be, there's a part where I'm responsible to, to, to say, hey, I, I accept whatever you're going through and whatever you're doing and whatever you identify with. But I'm not necessarily going to approve of it. And so I believe wholeheartedly that when it comes to humanity, when it comes to America, when it comes to the world that we live in, that all of us are created equal and should have specific equal rights. The problem with this is when we talk about the word marriage. Now, here's the thing. Marriage is not just a Christian term. Marriage is something that we've talked about for, for 5,000 years. And in Christianity and, and other religions and Buddhism, it means very specifically one husband and one wife coming together in a lifelong unity and committed relationship. That's, that's what it's been defined as for years. And so when we talk about marriage and when we specifically talk about it for our church and Christianity in the world today, I believe wholeheartedly that marriage is between one husband, and one wife that are together in a committed relationship. And I think that's where sex is supposed to be, uh, is supposed to live. I believe very clearly that that sex, it's kind of like fire, right? There's Kings of Leon song called The Sex is on Fire, and if you're married, you should listen to it with your spouse, because it is pretty hot. (laughs) But here's the thing. I told you I was going to be real. I'm sorry, but hashtag I'm sorry I ain't sorry. Um, sex is like fire. I believe that that sex is, you know, inside of a house, there's a place for sex. It's in the fireplace, right? Like when you have it in there, man, it can bring warmth. It can, it can, it can make some, some fun things. It can make, can make an apple pie in a fire if you wanted to. You can make steaks, you know. In my, the fire of my life, I made a couple kids, Inside the fireplace, the fire is awesome. But if that fire gets outside of the fireplace, it can be destructive, it can cause pain, and it can, it can very easily and quickly destroy. And I don't believe that is what God has intended for sex in your life and in my life. I believe that he has created it specifically on purpose with a purpose. And I believe that when it comes to sex, it needs to happen inside of marriage. Now, here's the thing. Some of you guys are like, well, we're in a a committed relationship. Anybody that, um, like if if you're not, I'm not trying to call anybody out. So, if you think this is you, please know that. I I read this this past week. Um, The Holy Spirit's job is to convict. God's job is to judge. Our job is to love. And so, everything you hear from me today, please know that, like, I don't not granting me any special power for me to understand what you're specifically going through. I'm not trying to call out your laundry or anything like that. Okay. But I think it's funny that we get, you know, there's some people that they come and they say, but you know, Brian, we're, we're living together and we're committed to one another. <laughs> some people, we don't, you know, people say like, well, we don't, we don't have sex and that's not, And I think if you have got to like explain it, then you're already off on the, you're already off on the wrong foot. First of all, I'm gonna tell you right now, like I ain't gonna live, like, why would you live with someone of the opposite sex full time and not have sex with them? That just don't make sense. <laughs> I'm not okay in it. I'm saying it should happen inside of marriage, but <laughs> sex is something that should happen inside of marriage. Sex is specific, say specific. You notice how how I have not asked you to look at your neighbor and say any of these words, right? Because I understand. I understand. Sex is all, gosh, I don't want to look at it. Second thing, number two, sex is splendid. Say splendid. Another word for this could be fun. And uh, I believe it's supposed to be, right? Churches in in America, churches throughout time have said, like, sex is dirty. Sex is bad. Sex is not something uh, that should be considered fun or splendid or whatever. It's for procreation and that's it. And... Uh, I'm sorry for that because I don't believe that's what, how God just created I don't think he created it just for procreation I think it should be fun I think it's something that should, should be, be, cause connection and intimacy within two people I'm sorry that it's gotten to a point where when we say sex we talk about sex even, even sometimes when you talk to your spouse about sex that there's tension that comes with it because that shouldn't be the case a few years back, I had the, the pleasure of uh, knowing a friend that him and his wife had just gotten married, and they were completely in love. Man, I've not seen a couple that's, like, more better suited for each other than, than these guys were. But about six, eight months into their marriage, he came to me and said, Brian, I've got a real problem. He's like, every time that we have sex, I, I just feel terrible. Like, I feel bad. I feel like I'm doing something wrong. I feel like I shouldn't be doing it. And unfortunately, that when I talked to you know, as we talked about it, we realized that that had happened because of the way his parents had talked about sex for years, the way that his his church had talked about sex for years. It had put in, in ingrained in him that sex was wrong, that sex was bad. But it doesn't have to be. That's not how it's supposed to be. That's not what it was created for. I would tell you right now, if in your marriage, if sex is bad, there's probably a chance you're doing it wrong. And I'm not going to come coach you or anything like that. But I will give you a tool that will help you, okay? Here's the tool. Communication. If you're with your spouse, this is the time you look at them and say, communication. Nobody's going to do it. Okay, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> talk to your spouse. Talk to your spouse about sex. It shouldn't be something that this is the only person literally in your life that you should be able to talk to about your, about your sex life and be comfortable with it. I don't know how many times that we have uh, had conversations and, and tried to help um, guide people and, and give some people uh, some advice. And they come and say, but Brian, what are you just, you know, Eric, our, our, this, when it comes to my husband, I just can't get him to understand what I want in this aspect of our life. My husband say, I just can't get her to understand. I don't, she just doesn't know what I want, what I need. And I say, have you talked to them about it? No, haven't done that. Well, you're talking, I'm not gonna have sex with you. Why are you talking to the person that's having sex with you? <laughs> communication is key. And be, you should, if, if you understand that, that sex is supposed to be splendid, it's supposed to be fun, then communication is part of the tools that's gonna allow that to be the case. I don't know how many people come to me, young people, and say, you know, Brian, I'm, you know I know sex is supposed to be inside of marriage, but like, how do I get married to someone? I don't know if the sex is gonna be good or whatever. It's biology, you're gonna figure it out. Okay, that's part of the fun with it. You don't want to get in a marriage and be like, oh, we just got all this figured out. There's something about the journey that comes along with it and the communication that continues to allow couples to get closer and closer together as life goes on. The journey, the journey together is fun. And it should be fun. Communication is key. Practice also helps too. So, I mean, you do that. Number three, I believe that sex is spiritual. Say spiritual. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3-4 through 4 says this. It says, God's will is for you to be holy. It's a spiritual aspect. To stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor. There's an understanding in the world today that people say sex is just physical sex is sex is just is just sex that's simply just a lie from the enemy it's not true sex is not just physical we know that be, unfortunately because of negative things that have happened in our lives for some of us here today we've been a victim of abuse in our own life some of it has been recent for some of you it's been years if not decades ago and for those people, very specifically, you know that that's something that was not physical. You, you, the offense that happened to you was very much spiritual and has stuck with you through today. First of all, I want to stop. If, if you're a victim of sexual abuse, I, I, I'm sorry for what happened. I'm sorry for that. I don't believe that that was God's intent on what for your life. And uh, unfortunately, I believe that that was a product of someone's sin and their life. And it has come in and hurt you. And, and I'm sorry for that. And I, I believe, just like I say it each and every week, and I, I'm not sure how it happens, but I've seen story after story of how, how God still uses bad for good. And my prayer is that at some point, he is able to use that to either to help somebody else or to help you, but that good will still come out of tough situations like that. But I know, I know based off of that, and you know, that that's not something that is just physical. Because if it was just physical there would be a, a pill or some, something, a, you could put a bandage on it and then everything would, be, everything would be fine. I've broken bones before, I've broken fingers before and stuff like that, but nothing like that has stuck to me the way I know that that type of thing sticks to you. It's because it's something that happens on the inside, something that happens spiritual. I know that it can't be casual. It can't be just, just physical. Because this is what happens. If you treat sex casual, it's just physical, it's just sex. It's kind of like, like a sticker or duct tape. Sex is like duct tape. Don't t- tweet that. I don't know how that would make sense. But, but you, ever, you ever use a piece of duct tape and like you stick it to something, man, that duct tape sticks it's there, it's on there, it's not coming off. But if you rip it off and then try to stick it to something else, it, it's not quite as sticky. You rip it off again and you stick it to something else, it's not quite as sticky. You do that time and time and time and time again and then what happens is that thing that was supposed to be created to, to create some stickiness and stick things together cannot be used in that sense anymore. And in your life, when it comes to that, as as it happens outside of marriage, you take this tool that God intended for connection and intimacy, and what it turns into is just something that, that is not able to do that anymore. That's not what God intended. So don't believe the lie that it's just physical. It's just sex. I believe that sex is spiritual. I believe specifically that sex is a lot like oil, like motor oil, like 20 weight, something or another. It's, you know, mobile one synthetic. I've got a friend that, um, you know, she, uh, she ran her car and didn't change oil in like five years and ran it out of oil, and then her motor blew up and died. that car was no more. It's like a four or five-year-old car completely destroyed because she ran it without oil. There's something about sex inside of a marriage that, that creates an oil, creates this, this thing for all the parts to move together the way that they're supposed to, the, the pieces to, to, to kind of not have that, uh, that friction as much. I'm gonna tell you right now, like if Erica and I were just roommates, there'd be a whole lot of fighting, right? There'd be a whole lot of, lot of issues that, that would happen. I mean, you're, you'd be a great roommate. I'm not saying anything negative about you. But when sex is active in our lives, that makes sound like sex hasn't been active, and that's not a thing. But I'm not trying to call you out, baby. I'm doing it so bad, so bad. Like when it comes to things that bother bother me about no, bother you about me, like that, it kind of we can kind of glide over that a little bit, right? When I'm waiting in in the Target parking lot for an hour and a half, you know it's like it doesn't really hurt as bad. It's not really big of a big of a deal because there's oil in our life that allows the pieces to kind of fit together and move the way that they are supposed to. It's not a physical thing. That's a spiritual thing, as our lives connect, as as God says, the two will become one. I believe that is spiritual, as well. You become one with your spouse through this. The last thing is this, sex is serving. Say serving. I'm going to read this verse. This is going to be the most tense thing you've read in the Bible ever, and I'm excited about it. Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3 to 6. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you have both agreed to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time, so you can give yourself more, comp- uh, give more completely to prayer. Afterwards, you should come together again, so that Satan will not able to tempt you because of your lack of self control. At the end of this, but by the way, this is one of the verses that gets taken out of context so much in 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 the Bible. Like I don't, I'm gonna tell you right now, real quick, I give all of you permission that if your spouse comes to you today after church and says, in the Bible, you're supposed to take care of of my needs. You're supposed to serve me, okay? If that happens today, you call me on the phone. I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to punch them in the throat. (laughs) Then we're going to pray over them and have a healing service, and we're going to work some stuff out after that, okay? Because that's not what this verse is about. This verse isn't about you're supposed to serve me you're supposed to give to me. What this verse is about is I'm supposed to be the giver. I am supposed to be, when it comes to this, this is something that I am supposed to serve. This is a part that I'm supposed to give of myself. It is about you. Today is not about your spouse. It is not about what what they do. Today is completely 100% about what you, what you do. When it comes to this, we're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to serve one another when it comes to this area of our lives, when it comes to sex. Now for some of us, specifically husbands, I'm going to talk to you. Like when I say serve, when it comes to sex, you think of something completely different than what your spouse actually wants. Because what you think is like something sexual and what she thinks is Man, I, if that guy would mow the lawn, ooh, that would, that would get me going. I'll tell you what. Right now, like when I get done with the lawn and I, put, I use the edger on, on the sidewalk, I come in, my wife's looking at me, I'm like, I know, I know, I know. It's all right. When you, when you fix things, if you'll bust out your toolbox and fix some stuff in your house, I'm going to tell you What? That, that's the service that she wants. She wants to see some plumbing get done. She wants to see some carpentry work, some shelves get hung. That's what she wants. Yeah. Some, some of y'all, your serving needs to be in the form of a shower. Go shower beforehand. See if that will help everything out a ton. I'm just being, I got to tell you, as, as your friend, As your family, I gotta be—I gotta be honest with you. Some of y'all guys, you're like trying to like you're like rubbing her back like three minutes before you're trying to get something to happen. That's not how it's gonna work. You gotta put in some prep time, right? You're trying to have Freaky Friday, and you need to go have wash the dishes Wednesday to like (laughs) prep for for that. Put in some work. I can say this, this is not something I've done completely well. I'm working on it. She's she's trying to train me. We're communicating about it. I'm telling you, it, it will help. It'll help a ton. I think when it comes to sex in your life, man, know that sex is specific. It's supposed to be inside of marriage. It can be a great, fantastic tool. But if the moment you take it outside of that, it's going to be destructive. It's going to be painful. It's going to cause death. I, I I can I can tell you that only because I've I've seen it happen time and time and time again. It needs to be specific inside of marriage. Some of you are like, but Brian, that's not the world that we live in today. Well, let me tell you, the world we live in today has the the highest divorce rate it ever has. The, the the day that we live in today, you've got more people addicted to pornography than you ever have, and it is completely destroying relationships after relationship after relationship. The world we live in today, I, I don't think it's the best world that we can have. I think that we can do better. And my hope is that that when it comes to your life, when it comes to to your experience, when it comes to sex in the world that you live in. Man, take a stance and let it be specific. Inside of your marriage, man, it, it, sex needs to be splendid. It needs to be good. It needs to be fun, and you need to communicate with each other until it is that. You need to know that sex, sex is spiritual. For some of you that um, you might, maybe you've been living together for a certain amount of time, I want to tell you that 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 thing is not physical anymore. No matter what she says, if, if, if that's happening inside of a relationship, there's a part of her that, that, that hopes and does, and, and is active in that way because she hopes for the, the security of a connection of marriage after that. I'm gonna tell some of you men, if that's not, what, if that's not what's happening, if it's physical for you, if, it's, if you're just a taker, man, you need to step away because you are stealing nothing but time from that woman, and that's not yours to steal. When it comes to, to some of you women, I, spiritually, I want to I let you know that I understand what the, the feeling is to, like, I'm going to do this to connect so that at some point we will, we will get closer and closer and closer together because I love him and he loves me. I, I want to challenge you to test that theory. Stop having sex if he loves you that's 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 that'll still stick around he'll still stick around but but my my unfortunate thought is that maybe it's not special maybe it's not out of love maybe he's just taking i can tell you this because us men sometimes are 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 very not good creatures I'm, gentlemen, I'm going to be honest. We're going to be honest for a second to help out some of our sisters. If you're here today and you're a man and you've heard another man talk about or brag about a sexual experience with a woman, I want you to raise your hand up. Just be honest. Is, I'm not saying you are. I'm saying if you've heard another man, another one of your friends doing it, his hands all over the place. Ladies, I'm telling you that because it's special, it's powerful, it's great inside of marriage outside of it it can be it can be destructive and it can be painful. I know it 's spiritual and lastly if you 're in a, a a relationship with a with your husband and your wife, man, use this as an opportunity to serve and love on them. If you think of it as just what can I get and I need to get I need to get what I need some of you <laughs> some of us we go and you know, it's funny because without communication, we got some people that are like, you know, you want to have, have sex every week. There's some people that want to have sex every October. You know, there's, there's got to be communication for, for an in-between. But if you don't come together and think about how do, we, how do we find this middle ground, man, you're missing out on a fantastic tool that God intended for you and your relationship that will help your family, that will help you that'll help your kids. I'm going to tell you, when it comes to to Olivia and Ben, you better believe they're not going to find out about sex from school. They're not going to find out about sex from their friends. They're going to find out sex from Brian Nichols and Erica Nichols because I love them enough to say, you know what, this is not something that is is tense. This is not something that is bad. This is something that's good that God has created and that one day My hope is that for for you and the spouse that we're praying for you for will enjoy and you'll build your life on and have fantastic memories. It's a good thing. That's how it should be. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or stand up or anything like that today. But I do want to tell you this. If this is an area that you're struggling with, if you are struggling to keep this fire inside of the fireplace. Whether it's because of you're, you're not married right now and you're trying to, to fight that battle or you're married right now and you've been stepping out of your marriage or you've been thinking about stepping out of your marriage. If you're here today and you're addicted to pornography and that's causing uh, an issue in your, your relationship with your spouse, I want to I let you know that you're, you're not alone and it's okay that you're going through that It's not okay to stay there. It's time to make a change, to make a move. And the only way that I know to do that is to shine light right on it. To find someone in your life who's a Christian who you trust and say, I gotta be honest with you, this is what I'm dealing with and I need help. Will you help me? If you do that, if you'll be honest about it, I promise you, you can find healing in these areas. If you're here today and and these areas have been a struggle for you in your relationship with your husband or your wife, man, I want to challenge you to go home and start putting some of this stuff into practice and start having conversations. It might have to happen uh, a couple times in a row because I understand the feeling of of tense uh, and and shame that comes with talking about it, but that's not the way God intended it. That's not how it should be in your life. So continue to push through. Heavenly Father, you know exactly what we're dealing with. You know all our dirty laundry. You know every aspect of it. No matter what we try to hide from anyone else, you know exactly what is going on inside of us. I pray that today you would start to work a change. I pray that today as we think of the things that we need to surrender, as we visualize that in our mind and we say, God, you have it. I pray that you take these things away. I pray you give us healing from it. I pray that you would reunite us with our spouses. God, that unity would be the theme of our family. It says in your word, let no one separate what God has joined together. God, I pray that you allow togetherness to happen. I thank you for it. I thank you for this gift. I pray that you would continue to work on it in our lives and have your way in the world that we live in. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.